Welcome to Easy Easy Big Takes, Takes, the podcast, where we read you the one-star reviews of your favorite movies and more. My name's Kat. And I'm Riley. And this week, we're we're following a theme of underrated movies, and I picked Rango. Rango came out in 2011. It's rated PG. Barely. Barely. (laughs) (laughs) And then it's an hour and 47 minutes. I'll go ahead and read the plot. A theatrically-minded pet chameleon becomes stranded in the Mojave Desert of Nevada after his terrarium accidentally falls out of his owner's car due to an accident. Seeking shelter, he learns from a nine-banded armadillo named Roquil, who is seeking the mystical spirit of the West, <laughs> and tells the chameleon of an old West desert town called Dirt, where water comes in through a mysterious rite on Wednesdays. Seeing no other options, the chameleon heads out into the desert, where he narrowly avoids being eaten by a vicious red-tailed hawk before being meeting Beans, a desert iguana, rancher who takes him to dirt. Asked about his identity, the chameleon presents himself to the townsfolk as a tough drifter named Rango and quickly runs afoul of Gila monster Bag Bill who challenges him to a duel. The hawk interrupts the duel and chases Rango who accidentally knocks over an empty water tower and crushes the hawk to death. Believing he did so intentionally, the townsfolk praise Rango, who was appointed as the new sheriff of Dirt's desert tortoise, Mayor John. Meanwhile, the townsfolk worry that with the hawk dead, the in- infamous gunslinger rattlesnake Jake will return. With the town desperate for water during a drought, Beans demands that Ringo investigates where the water has gone, and in doing so, he inadvertently helps a gang of bank robbers <laughs> led by a mole named Balthazar to steal the water supply. Rango organizes a posse that later finds the banker, Mr. Merrimack, dead in the middle of the desert. The posse tracks the robbers to their hideout, where they fight Balthazar's bat-riding clan over the stolen water bottle before discovering it to be empty. The robbers profess that they found it empty, but Rango still takes them into custody. After being questioned by Rango about his, his buying of the land around dirt, John brings in rattlesnake Jake, who runs Rango out of town after forcing him to admit his lies to the townsfolk. Dejected, Rango returns to the highway where he passes out after he crosses to the other side. He eventually meets the Spirit of the West, an elderly man with no name, who advises he go back to dirt and set things right, telling him that no man could walk out of his own story. With the aid of a rogue kill and mystical moving Yuka's, Rango discovers an emergency shutoff valve in a water pipeline to Las Vegas, which John has been manipulating to cause a water shortage so he could buy the land for himself. Rango returns to dirt and challenges Jake to a duel, a diversion to allow the Yukas to restore the town's water and allow Rango to make his resolve clear to Jake. However, John and his men force Rango to surrender by threatening Bean's life before attempting to drown the duo inside the bank's vault. John then tries to shoot Jake with Rango's gun, believing that both he and Rango represent too much of the old traditions, but finds Rango has taken its only bullet, which he uses to shatter the vault's glass door, freeing himself in beans. Impressed, Jake salutes Rango for approving his heroism before carrying John off into the desert to kill him. The citizens of Dirt celebrate the return of their water supply, and Rango, now a true hero. The director is Gore Verbinski. The writers are John Logan, Gore Vin- Verbinski, James Ward, Birkitt. Oh, Gore Verbinski did Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah, they talk about that. And Lone Ranger, which is a bad movie with Army Hammer and Johnny Depp. Uh, yeah, that one did not, that didn't do well. Did not do well. Yeah. Mm-mm. This is the better Western <laughs> than that one. Yes, this, truly though. Yeah, truly. Cast is Johnny Depp plays Rango. Isla Fisher plays Beans. Abigail Breslin plays Priscilla. Ned Betty plays the mayor. Alfred Molina, who plays Roadkill. Bill Nye, who plays Rattlesnake Jake. 
Stevie Root plays a number of characters. Doc, he plays Merrimack, he plays, <laughs> he plays Mr. Snuggles. Harry Dean stands Balthazar. And Timothy Olfant is Spirit of the West. Got some trivia. Not a lot, though. I think that definitely highlights how it's underrated nature. Yeah, there's not so much out there. Same with the critics. The critics were, you know... Uh, Limited. Limited, yeah. Instead of recording voiceovers in booths, with every actor isolated from everyone else, most of the voiceover work was recorded on a set with the actors voicing their characters while performing with their fellow cast members. This enabled the performers to follow the rhythms of their co-stars while also giving them room for impro improvisation. The same thing was done for Shark Tale. <laughs> I, and technically that happened with um, Monster House because they had the motion capture. I feel like that like lends to better performances from everybody. I definitely think it helps when you have the actors in the same room versus... And the improv. Like yeah. You get, you get more banter out of them. Mm -hmm. Shark Tale. Interesting. interesting. It's so interesting. I love that of all the movies that they could have mentioned where they <laughs> also did this. Baby. <laughs> I would kill to be in the room. <laughs> My sister had a baby. I would kill... To be there for the first time they try to do that. I would kill. Is it to Martin Scorsese in the room <laughs> during that? Yes. Yes. <laughs> He's doing fine. Little arms. Little arms. Little arms. <laughs> oh my god. This is so good. We do need to do Shark Tale. We I do think. need to do Shark Tale. We need to do garbage, garbage movies. Probably animated on a Game Boy DS. Yes. <laughs> or not a Game Boy. Game Boy DS. Game Boy Advance. Yes. Yes, but to bring back that point, I also agree. I think I think it could only enhance what's already go going on with the script and movie and the actors if they're all in the same room interacting. Because, like, you're going to get that feedback. Like, you're going to hear how this person said that and influence. Yeah. But I remember seeing, like, the clips from, like, on Nickelodeon because it's a Nickelodeon original. Yeah. And you could tell. <laughs> I think it's good, though. People talk. No, 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 no. I didn't mean that in a bad way. I meant that in like a no holds barred way. Oh, yes, absolutely. And we'll get to that. <laughs> yeah. But it is like, I remember always saying like the clips, like when it's promoted, like this, it, I can't wait to talk further about this, but I'll go through the trivia more. Yeah. At the poker table, this is a weird niche little thing that someone caught and were like, I'm putting in the trivia. At the poker table in the saloon, when Ringo first enters, there's an owl and a top hat holding a pair of black aces and a pair of black eights. These were the cards held by notorious Wild West gunman Wild Bill, Bill Hickok the moment he was shot dead in a saloon in Deadwood, South Dakota. Bill's hand is since known as the dead man's hand. Somebody's West Texas grandpa would <laughs> totally know that. Yes. Like my, my grandpa would totally know that. The man that had a John Wayne wall in his <laughs> closet. That's cool. That's some trivia for you. <laughs> if I'm ever playing poker and I get... What is it? A uh, pair of black aces and a pair of black eights. Yeah. I'm gonna... I'm just gonna fold. Yeah. <laughs> Take it. <laughs> I'm out. I'm out. Clint Eastwood is the visual inspiration of Spirit of the West. I mean, he's literally in man with no name, you know, outfit. If anyone's gonna be the Spirit of the West. You yeah, know? exactly. Exactly. In the back of his golf cart, the Spirit has five Oscar-like film awards, which Rango calls the Golden Guardians. Eastwood has received exactly five Oscars, including his Irving J. Thalberg Award. The voice of the Spirit, Timothy Oliphant, starred in the Western television series Deadwood. 
There you go. In the beginning of the film, Rango lands on the windshield of a red convertible in the desert. Mm -hmm. uh, the driver, driver, car, passenger, and location are all modeled after Johnny Depp's portrayal of Hunter S. Thompson, Roll Duke, in uh, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Have you seen that movie? You are the only reason I know anything about that movie. Uh-huh. Do I have ever heard of that movie? <laughs> Bitch, you would talk about it incessantly <laughs> when we were teenagers. Are you kidding me? Yeah. And I would too. go, haha, yeah, I've totally seen that. <laughs> never seen it still to this day it's an interesting movie it's it, but well, it's you're the reason i knew that it, there was reference to that in that's this so movie. funny i love that i love that i i, I yeah you ever seen that what the fuck <laughs> have you met yourself <laughs> you ever heard this have i ever brought this up before yes i um uh, had a lapse in memory for a second and now i i'm getting the, Are you okay i'm getting a flat i'm getting the flood of memories of me talking about that uh definitely yes I shouldn't know who Hunter S. Thompson is, but because of you, I you probably shouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> it's an interesting book, and it's an interesting movie. Yeah. If you're if you're wanting, if um, I don't even know how to, I don't even know what you're looking for. <laughs> if you're looking for something, start there. Yeah. If you, you just I don't even something. know how to say. I don't even know how, what else to say well, about isn't it. Isn't he tripping the whole time? Like, oh god, I. The whole thing. He's like got a bunch I of drugs. I've never and... even heard of, and he talks about it like it's common. <laughs> Yeah. I was 12 when I was, saw this in theaters and I recognized it yes. in the movie theater. I was like, that's from that movie. <laughs> and it's it's Johnny doing the voice. A film snob from that day. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, a reference. A reference. <laughs> Rattlesnake Jake was modeled after Lee Van Cleef. He was in the Man With No Name trilogy. Okay. Who's the bad guy? He's the bad guy in... Um, the good, the bad, and the ugly. I think he's a friend in the other two. I don't know. I can't I can't remember all of them. Based on this director's track record, it seems like he's a fan of Westerns. Definitely. All the um critics list out the references they make in this movie because there's like there's a ton of references. A large portion of this movie is referencing the movie Chinatown. And this trivia says the mayor, voiced by Ned Betty, is reminiscent of the character Noah Cross, played by John Houston in Chinatown. And Betty uses a similar sounding voice for the mayor that Houston used for Cross. He even wears suspenders like Houston's character. The plot of Chinatown also involves water and a shady scheme involving Cross as it does the mayor Rango. Have you ever seen Chinatown? No. It's a good movie, but it's too real to kind of stomach. That's what I would kind of say. Okay. It's also like insanely dark. It's one of those movies that like I kind of felt sick at the end. Uh, okay. So it's just, it's too, it's too realistic. It's too, it's too much real life. I'm not saying you have to watch it either. It's one of those things where like, okay, I watched it. I'll probably never watch it again because it just made me so sick and sad. You learned the lesson and you got what it was going for. And that was enough to be like, okay, well they, I saw how they did it. And now here we are. Here we are. Yeah. There, I've, there's plenty of movies like that where it's just like a, okay, I, I check. Yeah. Off, put put it on my letterbox. Yep. It's one of those movies where like, okay, I watched it. Um, mm -hmm. Am I better for it? Sure. <laughs> um, am I sadder for it? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and that was all the trivia. Like literally I, I got all of it. <laughs> this was it. Yeah. It makes sense. And I will say I did my best to get reviews that weren't it complained about like this wasn't kid friendly enough, you know. I tried to avoid that. Yeah, because that's tired. Yeah, it's so tired, and we've talked about it so much. I did my best. Before we move on to the critic reviews, uh, what's your opinion about this movie? 
Okay. So I also saw it in theaters when it came out. I don't know. I have just like this weird distinct memory of trying to make sugar cookies from scratch while watching this movie. And there's a taste of baking baked goods when you like make them wrong. Mm -hmm. You could taste the missed step in there. Yep. I remember that. I don't know why I vividly remember that. <laughs> but I, I remember watching it again and like everybody, like my sister, my mom and I, we all enjoyed it enough to buy it. And it watching it again, I still found it just as funny like obviously there were more jokes that i understood i don't think i've watched it since then i might have watched it like again as like a teenager or something but like mm -hmm. as an adult i haven't watched it i almost watched it when you like brought it up like oh we should do like something around this yeah a few weeks ago yeah i was talking to my sister about the movie i was like she called me in the middle of me watching it and i was like oh i'm watching rango because we're doing that for the podcast later and she was like Oh, that, that was a weird movie, but like charmingly weird. Yeah. It's so bizarre, but it's like entertaining and mm -hmm. just weirdly charming. Like it's just a charming, weird little movie. It's got a lot of funny little innuendos. And I think that's where it like really teeters on that PG rating. Yeah. That anyone need to check up with the glove snap and the finger. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Dirty glove. I also might add. Um <laughs> It is not <laughs> sterile. It is not clean. Why even wear one at that point? You know? Why even wear one? <laughs> <laughs> it's chaotic. Mm -hmm. Something that, talking about a second ago, with the critics liking it more than the audience, yeah, like the innuendos are a little much, but the referential nature of this movie and like how much thought was put into the the referential nature of it it's rare i think for a kids movie to do this much i still haven't watched all these westerns that this movie's referencing you don't need to know the references to enjoy it but when you do it makes it that much more entertaining and i think that's rare for a kids movie to do that much work and put that much effort into making it so referential i agree and i, th I think stylized like because that's normally stuff you would see in like an adult movie where or like just a, a movie not made specifically for children yeah so i understand why critics would love it and they're not cheap references they're in the story they're they're stylized they're they're yeah it, it's the type of movie that would have like a cult following you know yeah. like it, it's someone it, specifically it's... said that like you're saying all the you're literally like saying sentences word for word that critics <laughs> were saying i'm not even kidding i want to go like someone said that someone said that <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's got a little more of a niche audience mm -hmm. than it, it a kid's movie really should because it's not even excluding kids it's excluding or no. not excluding it's not you know because a lot of people would argue like part of the niche you're, you gotta be an adult and still know what they're talking about and not just a kid like an adult and know what they're talking about yeah sorry i didn't mean to interrupt. sorry no, no no you're good you're good like i'm not part of this niche and i don't fully like know all of the references and wouldn't be able personally to be able to pick up on them but i still enjoy it you don't necessarily need to know but i understand why you wouldn't gravitate towards this movie inherently i i had a grandpa with a john wayne vhs <laughs> tape wall i had a little bit enough to go see the movie yeah exactly and like you said even if you don't it's still an enjoyable movie you'll still you'll still follow along the only other thing i do love beans i didn't realize that was isla fisher yeah i didn't know that either i think i did actually know abigail breslin was in this the only reference i would have really known is that she looks like the girl from um so what the girl with like the braids and like her dad's dead and they're like going to oh true grit yeah she looks like the girl little girl from true grit yeah okay yeah i see that yeah that's pretty much all I have to say about this movie. What about you? Before I get into that, I will say the budget was 135 million and it got over 200 million 
I think, uh, at the end of the day. Okay. Yeah, I mean, they got people in seats with all the promotion. Yeah, exactly. And the amount of kids. And it didn't do bad. On Rotten Tomatoes, it's like a high 80 for critics and like a low 80 for audiences. So like, it's a generally well-liked movie. It's just not talked about. It's just not talked about. I think people just kind of forget it because it's not a Pixar. It's not a Disney. It's not DreamWorks. It's a Nickelodeon yeah. original. When does that happen? <laughs> Those are rare. When they're there, they're good. <laughs> Nacho Libre is a Nickelodeon original. I didn't know that. Also a good one. Also a weird one. Looking at this list, they're all the movies from childhood where I'm like, that was kind of a fever dream. That was a fever dream of a movie. Hotel for Dogs. Do you oh, remember that movie? I do remember that. I saw that in theaters. I did see that. Mm -hmm. But yeah, go, go on with your... Some family members took me to go see it and they were like, that was weird. I'm sorry that we took y'all to see that. I was like... I thought it was good. Like, it was good. I've always been interested in animation. This was the type of animation where it looked gorgeous, gritty, and gross looking sometimes. Yeah, but like, it was... It's too much detail sometimes. Too much sometimes. Like, yes, is it gross, but is it beautifully detailed, beautifully stylized? Absolutely. It's above and beyond. It's above and beyond. For something that isn't Disney, isn't Pixar, isn't DreamWorks, it is... It's wow. Like, damn. You can see the little hairs on some of the animals. It's pretty amazing. It was a labor of love, truly. Oh, absolutely. And I just really like how, I think you used the word chaotic. This movie is chaotic. It's kind of all over the place. And some people dislike that. They call it convoluted. And I like the themes too. I like how dark this movie goes. He is having an identity crisis. I don't know. I just love how this movie flows. There's more I want to talk about that I can't really like get in detail. It's going to get in detail later. Well, when you... When you were rewatching it and you texted me, was there anything in particular that you were like, oh, well, we we have we have to at any point in the movie? Did you like finish it and text me that or did you like was it in like the middle of the movie? I think I literally press played and texted you and went, Rango's so good. Because <laughs> it's just the opening scene. Yeah, I did. It's a good opening. It's a good opening. It's crazy and it's it's dark. It's quirky in that way. And what's the word? They it's charmingly weird. Charmingly weird. And it's, uh oh, there's a word for it. It's going to drive me crazy. People use it. Meta. Yeah, it's very meta. Oh, yeah. And I usually don't like meta. I like meta in this, though. I, I think it's like a good touch of it because like we start out in this place clearly we're in modern day you have the main character who knows that the world's way more evolved than this little town but it's like this little microcosm mm -hmm. kind of harkens on a little bit of a village thing without the deception yeah yeah it's just like an old timey little spot and even when the mayor is like no there's there's more there's more to towns than this like we could build up and build out well, he's, and he's literally trying to make it into like golf courses or something like he's trying to build it up and he wants rango and jake gone because they they represent old traditions i didn't really think of it in that meta sense of it but that's very true they talk about it more later but i thought that was such a good way to put it it's really annoying like the negative reviews kept calling it a political message and it's like what someone owning all the water and withholding it from everyone is a political message or a fucking crime honestly that is not a critique that i thought that it would come out of this movie i saw that a handful of times not entirely surprising just not something i would have personally have thought would be, be said about this movie but okay well, people will complain about anything i'll move on to critic reviews first one this is by sean axemaker johnny depp taps into his inner lizard for the animated adventure rango 
Gore Verbinski, who directed Depp in the first three parts of the Caribbean films, turned down the fourth to make this film, which he put on the back burner for years. It was the right call, this is a lot more fun. It's also his animation debut and that gives him a different slant on things. He approaches animation like a live action film and collaborated with digital effects guys from ILM Studios, many of whom were also new to animation as animation rather than digital effects. The result is something that looks and feels different from any other animated feature out. Desert realism and comic surrealism, incredible textual detail and oddball personality quirks. And while ostensibly a family film, the southwestern goof is really for big kids with a love of movies, a sense of whimsy, and a soft spot for the hazily gorgeous creatures of the desert. It won the Academy Award and the BAFTA for the Best Animated Feature. Oh, ILM was founded by George Lucas. That makes a lot of sense. Well, it's interesting that they haven't really honed in on animation before. And this was the first, because my god, it looks amazing. It makes sense that they would make something that's so, like, realism-based, since they are doing digital effects that have to look realistic. Yeah. I didn't know it won awards. It did. It won an Academy Award. What was it? Oh, sorry. Not to de continue to distract, I was just gonna look up what it was up against, if you don't if you don't already know. Oh yeah, that's fine. Um, I don't think I know. In 2011, yeah, I, I, didn't, I didn't look into it. It was up against Kung Fu Panda 2. Oh, okay. Puss in Boots, A Cat in Paris... And Chico and Rita. Oh, I saw that one. That one's actually really, really good. Okay. Yeah, I'm surprised it didn't win over Rango. But you had the comment on that part? I did. So when he says, And while ostensibly a family film, the Southwestern goof is really for big kids with a love of movies. That was me. When I read this, I was like, that was me. That was me. I was a big kid. I was like 12. Yeah, this is like a 7 plus kind of kids movie. Yeah, definitely. Then I love that he used it as a positive and not a negative. Yeah. There's so much criticism about kid films. Oh, it didn't work for the little kids, so therefore it's not good or yeah. it's not worth seeing. I feel like people forget 7 to 13 exists. Yeah. And just because it's not for your 5-year-old doesn't mean it's not going to be great for your 9 or 10-year-old. Yeah. So this next one, this one's a negative one. This was uh, on the dailyfilmfix.com. It was written by Jonathan W. Hickman. If ever there was an animated film made for film critics, Rango is it. With its references to classic spaghetti westerns, Johnny Depp films, and Chinatown, most critics have reason to cheer, but figuring out who else the movie is for is a little more complicated. The setting and characters in Rango have all been borrowed from other movies. Oh. And this story is complex and convoluted, but has at its core, Roman Polanski's Chinatown. The subject matter is mature, involving life and death issues, which might be troublesome for younger viewers. Certainly, the dense plot will mostly go over the heads of kids and even confuse some adults. Clearly, an existential journey is being taken by Rango, complete with visions and what seem to be dream sequences. What is only confusing is where the line dividing reality from f fiction is drawn. Since it is blurred almost to infinity, I found myself bothered as the movie concludes. Just what is going on in Rango? And should we care? Rango is an extremely well-made film. Folks have been suggesting that it might be the film that seriously challenges Pixar in the animation department, and frankly, there's no argument there. Rango looks great, but the inevitable comparisons to the fantastic Mr. Fox are misplaced. Sure, the narrative is yeah. mature and really hip, but the sheer craftsmanship involved in making Fox a stop-motion extravaganza had to be far more intense. Rango reportedly uses a combination of motion capture and computer animation techniques. I don't want to diminish the good work put into Rango, but animation purists don't consider motion capture films to be animation. While I disagree with the premise, I wish that more films would be made in the Fox mold. Um, hold on. Pause. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, I guess you're not an animation purist, I guess. <laughs> They're comparing apples and oranges. Like, they literally said, like, they, you can't compare them. And then are like, well, here's how Mr. Fox is better. 
Like, yeah, both are great movies. One of them's literally stop motion. I don't, like, I get the realism. Like, I understand kind of making those comparisons, but not enough to be like, it should have been stop motion. Like, you know, I think they're like contradicting themselves a little bit here by continuing to compare them after. It kind of sounds like, well, I like the Mona Lisa, but since it wasn't a sculpture, therefore it's not as good as like the Statue of David. It it's just like, should have been a sculpture. Yeah. It's like, no, dude, just appreciate for what the, whatever medium it's in is fine. And literally what he's complaining about is like what animation medium it's in. Those are just two different mediums. Motion capture has nothing to do with the detailing of the animation. It just has to do with the motion being captured. So I don't, I don't understand why they're even talking about this. It's a silly argument. It's pretty silly. It, it is. Like, this is so like, what? And as silly as it sounds, I did see a lot of people comparing this movie to Fantastic Mr. Fox. I guess like the aesthetic of it, yeah, I could kind of see the quirkiness, like the, the these like realist like realism kind of thing going on with both of them. But when it comes down to the animation itself, no shit, stop motion's different. Yeah. Yeah, I think people are just comparing the vibes of the two movies. Sure. Sure. Yeah, but not how it's animated. It's odd. But, and one's not worse than the other just because they're two different mediums. They're they're just two works of art, you know? They had put more hours into this, so therefore. Yeah. I mean, they're not making, like, horrific negative critiques about it, but, like, that's a weird... Like, it, it just feels like we just took a detour. Mm -hmm. I don't know. But also, I th what you were saying about Chinatown, it makes sense that it's a Roman Polanski movie. Oh, yeah. I heard you... What, may, what are your thoughts exactly on that? I, I don't know. You just dark weird dude among other things among, among other, other words things that i would use to describe him, him. uh-huh yeah johnny depp is his own studio these days with the exception of last year's the taurus his name is all that is needed to ensure solid box office returns but often the only way a depp performance works is if he is playing some kind of fantastic character in the taurus he played it mostly straight and few decided to watch his voice and motion capture acting talent are on full display in rango and without depp rango would be much less successful and while i admire so much about this movie i just can't recommend it as a family film and would only suggest it to a very narrow segment of the public who consider themselves film geeks. Rango is a movie that mostly film critics will love. They're not saying anything that's wrong except for the the weird detour about mm -hmm. Fantastic Mr. Fox but like like what they were they were saying about like even some adults would be confused like yeah I, I I'm not gonna say that's incorrect like they're not necessarily saying anything wrong they just I guess we just fit in the margin that enjoyed it. Yeah they didn't say anything wrong it, it was one of those like soft negative ones that was like okay they have they have some interesting points here and yeah yeah i think this one's a little bit more negative than the last one but i don't think anything undeserving or anything it was on bullseye.com is reviewed by david metzger there's a reason why rango is peppered with allusions to and even a cameo by hunter s thompson the movie is positively gonzo in a world where moles with jug band instruments ride bats while performing ride of the valkyries and mirarachi owls serve as both the soundtrack and the narrators fortunately its reach far exceeds its grasp and in a quest to give the public something they've never seen before they end up not offering nearly enough of it filling the gaps with chaos it's a film that's easy to like and spirit if not in execution the mariachi owls thing it's it feels like a good blend of like this shakespearean archetype of having like the the you know the band telling the story on the side and also the bards you know like singing and telling songs and like you know rango himself is like has this shakespearean actory air to him yeah as acid trippy weird as it is <laughs> 
thinking about it more like that's cool to successfully blend something like shakespeare and a western together mm -hmm. that's fucking cool uh someone called it greek narrators like you know the in hercules the gospels yeah the the muses yeah the muses someone quite literally mentioned that about the owls in this movie they're just a good use of storytelling. It does go back to like Greek tragedies too. Mostly reminds me of Shakespeare, personally. Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely Shakespeare, yeah. First, a word of warning to anyone thinking of taking young children, say ages 8 and under. To see this movie, it will scare the shit out of them. Disturbing imagery abounds from the steel-nosed hawk to rattlesnake Jake, who seems to prefer constricting his kill over a rattlesnake's natural tendency to poison it to death. The words damn and hell are also used rather <gasps> liberally, so if you're still in the earmuff stage with your kids, your best bet <laughs> is to leave them at home or pay exorbitant therapy bills later. Your call. I mean, I am a potty mouth, so. Yeah, I can't say. <laughs> it wasn't this movie. <laughs> it wasn't this movie, but like, I, I get that. So, and there were moments in this movie where they were scary. Yeah. To director Gore Verbinski's credit, he just made a more Burtonian movie than Tim Burton himself has made in quite a while. The problem is that the script by the normally reliable John Logan, who made Gladiator, Sweeney Todd, and Aviator, Aviator, is underwritten and overwritten at the same time. The story has a very meta angle that is a pleasant surprise for a so-called kids movie, but the plot is given away in the first act. To make up for the shortcoming, the dialogue goes ridiculously over the top, turning simple sentences into riddles, much like the Coen brothers did in Raising Arizona, which is considering Rango sports multiple musical cues to that very movie. Ultimately though, these slashes of loquaciousness are more of a distraction than an accent. Rango is not a great movie, but it certainly had the potential to be. In a perfect world, it would be a retread like Romeo and Juliet all to hell, but instead it's drunk on its own cleverness without realizing just how dumb it really is. For a movie that's finding one's identity, Rango spends an awful lot of time searching one for its own. I realizing that with Shakespeare stuff, there's also the play within a play aspect of it too, where they'll have a play in the middle of the play or like in the beginning or something like that tells you the whole plot of the play. I don't care that it gives away in the first act. It's literally part of it. This movie's intelligent, man. It is. And that's, that's another thing that just clicked in my head now. It's like, thanks for pointing it out. I just noticed it. <laughs> I didn't even know that. Thanks for telling me because I didn't even, I didn't even know that. Yeah. But Nomeo and Juliet, have you seen that movie? No. I haven't. It's a terrible movie. Like, not god-awful, but it, it is just gnomes literally just doing Romeo and Juliet. I think Renko was on a very different level uh, than yeah. Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, it's almost insulting that they're like, it was almost as good as Romeo and Juliet. Fuck you. <laughs> Are you kidding? No. Yeah. Or I think they meant like they would just take a Shakespeare play and make it a Rango movie, you know, like they would just stick Rango in like a... Oh. But they literally did. They literally did. They took Chinatown and just shoved a lizard in it. Yeah. So I don't know what they're saying. I think they just didn't get it. You can't make everyone happy. You really can't. Yeah. I will say in that big paragraph that I was reading does have really cool dialogue, like the Coen brothers. I think those are pluses. Like this this person, like it's, it's ridiculously over the top. I was like, I think that's the reason why I kind of like the movie. It is over the top. It is quirky. It's weird. Also, I don't find this Burtonian or whatever. Like, I don't find this to be reminiscent of a Tim Burton movie at all. I didn't get that vibe. I think I think anyone will make that connection. Johnny Depp's in there. Yeah. This is our last one. It's a positive. It's written by James Crute. Despite 
its billing as a Nickelodeon movie, this rare animated western is much more likely to strike a chord with teens or adults than the channel's traditional toddler and tween audience. Things die and more than one character smokes frequently. For the Greek chorus of Mirachi Owls to the Coen Brothers-esque pattern, I want a urine sample from everyone and someone to get me a latte. And don't mix up the two. <laughs> <laughs> and Tim Burton as visuals feels of the film, its 2011 tale was the most grown-up cartoon since 2009's Fantastic Mr. Fox. And while writer John Logan's plot borrows liberally from the three amigos and they're the expected homages to Sergio Leone and John Ford, this reteaming of Pirates of the Caribbean director Gore Verbinski with his star Deb actually feels and looks closer to the existential and ethereal westerns of Alejandro Jordabrowski, who made El Topo, and Jim Jarmusch, who made Dead Man, which also starred Deb. That's a good movie. If you want to watch a weird, acid-like western, go watch that. Sounds up my alley. <laughs> yeah, I, it is good, and it's 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 a little dark. It, it was very dark, <laughs> but it is good. Yeah. Jim Jarmusch is a weird... He, he's made some weird movies, but, like, I like them. They're really good. Do you feel that? That this movie feels closer to, like, those existential, ethereal westerns like that? Absolutely, yes. Like, when okay. I said, like, uh, Dead Man is, like, an acid western, it definitely is. Because you, in that movie, not to, I'm not going to talk about it too much, but you don't know what's reality or what's not. So, when watching Rango, when he's in and out of consciousness, when he's having those vivid dreams, those nightmares, those visions, it's the same kind of thing, you know, of like what's reality, what isn't. Yeah. Something I never would have like stumbled upon personally. If you know it, you know it. And it's very interesting to talk about. If you don't, it's still a good movie. But um, I don't know. It, maybe this movie will open up other doors for you to see the movies it's referencing. Dead Man is definitely one I think you should at least give a chance. These are moments where we have our niches. Yeah, yeah. I never would have ventured into that niche personally. And I don't know when I would have brought it up again. Yeah, it's just something that like we don't have in common for once. Yeah, there's not a lot we don't have in common, but I guess this is one of them. We'll have to do something like that. Yeah. Something from our niches. That would be really cool, actually. Let's do that. Yeah. You're already teaching me a lot more about Westerns than I would have ventured into on my own. It all started with Rango. We'll move on. We'll finish this up. Yes, sorry. No, no, don't be sorry. This was awesome. <laughs> I, I did not. Dead Man never thought, never occurred to me to talk about, but here we are. As a character, Rango is perhaps closest in depth's back catalog to Don Juan DeMarco and provides him with an opportunity to deliver his trademark combination of deadpan nuttiness and oddball observations. He is ably supported by a fantastic cast, while the vocals and visuals are enhanced by Hans Zimmer atmospheric score. I mean, he must be the only man employed in Hollywood because... For kids' movies, apparently. Yeah. He did Over the Hedge. He did Over the Hedge. Every animated movie, this man is make the music to it it's all good too i think what this is doing for me is like shattering the like christopher nolan image i have upon simmer yeah which i'm all here for it's just like i think i had him on such a pedestal in my head for like how everyone else talks about him but it's like this dude's everywhere this dude's everywhere he's done everything yeah Rango even manages to throw in a subtle environmental message among the mayhem. Not that many audience members will notice, they will be too engrossed in the story, entranced by the visuals, and entertained from the first image to the end credits. Environmental, I mean, maybe, I think more corruption. I mean, that all eventually... It is factors into environments. But yeah, like, I mean, yeah, that's not really something at the forefront. I would think it's more like gentrification and capitalism, but like, yeah... It could be, you could describe it as environmental as a big engrossing thing, but... Yeah, I liked what they had to say. Me too. I thought it was a good one, and I thought it, I thought it brought up everything you could have talked about with this movie. Yeah. But we can move on to audience reviews. 
Yes. This is a 10 out of 10. Fantastic animated film destined to be a classic. Hilarious, surprisingly badass, and uniquely entertaining. Ringo is not only a fantastic anime film, but a fantastic film itself. Johnny Depp gives a great voice performance as the titular, titular. titular character Ringo, and even though he shines magnificently, the film also holds many fantastic voice performances from actors all around. The peculiar thing about Ringo is that it is so firmly grounded upon its own story, and not only fully embraces it, but it is fully believable, which is an insane task to feat. The film is beautifully animated, containing some of the best CGI for a film of the 2010s and beyond. It could be a wonderfully witty satire when it calls for it and a badass western when it needs it. Rango is full of style, class, humor, rich atmosphere, and a fantastic storyline. I was entertained all the way through watching it, even when it almost clocks in at about two hours, and is easily one of the best, if not the best, animated feature I've ever seen. My rating 10 out of 10. Yeah, I, I agree with that first part where it's like, it's not just a good animated film, it's like a good film. Yeah. Yeah. Like by itself. Also, titular just means he has big titties. Oh, okay. I was wondering. <laughs> <laughs> no, it just means the movie's called Rango, and that's the same name as his character. It's big tits. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> you didn't notice the whole movie? I didn't see him. I was, I was, I'm sorry. I was looking at his eyes. <laughs> I wasn't. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> sorry. The minute you said, you said titular, I was like, I thought of that joke. And I couldn't not. <laughs> so dumb. All right. Uh, anyway. So this is a from Letterbox. This is three and a half stars. And it says, I remember seeing this when I was like in seventh grade, which was right around the time I started getting into film. And I remember just being blown away by the visuals and creativity in the animation. Not very memorable or clear in terms of story. A little messy, but a fun one. Yeah, I think like middle school is around the time where I started watching way more movies outside of my like regular scope. Yeah. Same. So maybe it was Rango. I was like, this is what art house is. Hmm? <laughs> yeah, definitely. One out of ten. Simply awful. This is my DB. Unfortunately, we were so disappointed in Rango. The trailers looked great, but were the only decent parts of the movie. Actually, when they were shown in context to the entire film, weren't that funny either. We were surprised at the darkness in the movie, the violence, the horrible storyline, and the pathetic script. Most of the dialogue was convoluted, contrived, and complicated. Kids are the best indicator of how good the movie was. Most of the kids in the theater were scared, bored, or sad during most of the film. There was a little girl in the theater with her grandparents who were holding her hands over her eyes during the violent parts. We give it an F. Bringing up people that we don't even know if they exist. You could be lying. Every child, I ask them personally. <laughs> yes. I hate when they do that. They're like, you can just look around and tell. It's like, no. <laughs> you weren't watching the movie. How do you know if it was good? Yeah, exactly. You weren't watching. You were looking at other kids in the theater, you fucking weirdo. You weren't watching the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I thought the trailer slipped up to the movie. I think it advertised exactly what the movie was. Yeah. Four stars on Letterboxd. When this movie wants to be ugly, it's disgusting. When it wants to be pretty, it's gorgeous. When it wants to be surreal, it feels like something Dolly would paint. Rango is a movie that succeeds at almost everything it sets out to do. A true love letter to spaghetti westerns, a certain man with no name makes a cameo. It captures the essence of the genre while also doing its own unique thing. Sergio Leone would be proud, also maybe Hunter S. Thompson. It's clever in that way of just how much it can blend together. Mm -hmm. Sex with four stars on Letterboxd. Generally shocked that a major studio put $135 million into this. It is rare. It is rare to get yeah. something that big of a budget for as weird as it was. Yeah. With how much money the Pirates of the Caribbean franchise pulled in, I don't think it's like too much of a stretch to be like, oh, he's directing it? Sure. Yeah. It, it, yeah. 
No, I totally understand that, but it's rare that that happens in the first place, you know? Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. This next one is three stars. Any movie that came out after 2009 that features animals is a discount Fantastic Mr. Fox. Don't know if I agree with this or not, or disagree specifically. It's not to say, like, you love Fantastic Mr. Fox. I do, I love it. It's a fantastic movie. Yeah, and it's not like we're taking offense to the comparison. No, but it's weird that they're just being compared in the first place. To me, they're very different movies. Animals acting 100% human, and it is no way questioned. (laughs) Yeah. Sure, I guess it's a proximity thing. It's like, this is the only other one to do it. So I guess it's the same, but it's like, watch both of those movies and tell me that this is a discount version of that. Mm -hmm. I don't get it, but. I would have not thought that those two were the pinnacle of each other, like of comparisons. Not at all. It's literally just the characters and the slight aesthetic. Mm -hmm. That's it. Yeah. Uh, Three and a half stars. Ringo honestly would be a terrible friend. At the beginning of his arc, yes. And at the end, he actually becomes a hero. He becomes what he sets out to be. Yeah. This is three stars from Letterboxd. This is Mad Max from Texas. A Western? (laughs) What are you fucking talking about? (laughs) Not only are none of y'all original, y'all all all made the same fucking joke on Letterboxd over and over again. Two, it's not based in Texas, y'all. The Mojave Desert is in Nevada. Also, yes, Mad Max is like, they're on the quest for water. This movie's literally referencing... A whole other movie. I get it's similar, but it's not. It's Chinatown. Go educate yourselves. So anyway, <laughs> that sounded so fucking country. <laughs> Go educate yourselves. <laughs> that sounded so country. I did not mean it to sound that way. <laughs> I'm going to apologize. You don't know. You don't know. <laughs> I'm going to apologize for that. That sounded way... I did not mean to sound that country when I said it, but I did. You don't hear it. Sounded like Stephen Root in O Brother Where Art Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god it's so good anyway so i just want to set that clear it's not in texas it's in nevada i think i know more about rango than you i think i know more rango than you do genius This next one is four stars from Letterboxd. Throughout Rango, I kept thinking that if the Coen brothers made an animated Western, it would probably look and sound a lot like this film. Enjoyable, but never joyful. Rango captures the grotesqueries of this of its characters with beautifully realized textures, all the while telling a tale that is both archetypal and meta. Albeit a bit chilly, it's clever stuff. I think that's a really good way to put everything, yeah. Oh, yeah, especially the archetypal and meta. I mean, this person summed up everything that the movie does in its own clever way. It's, this movie is intelligent. I said that earlier, but, like, I would say it's more than clever. I think it's intelligent. Like, it, it is, it knows what it's doing. Yeah. This next one's three stars from Letterboxd. I hate westerns and I hate lizards, and I still watch this just to hear Timothy Oliphant's voice for less than five minutes the power that man holds he has a crazy fan base though he does have some loyal fan bases that's tumblr right there Mm -hmm. tumblr and network television are like this (laughs) yeah i'm not a fan of westerns i get that and i also hate lizards this is you (laughs) yeah that first half i was like same same yes 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 but i liked it yeah next one's the three and a half stars they should have the second one be about going to the big city and it's like a dirty hairy thing. I love that. Which would be insane and really funny. I am someone, and this is kind of pretentious to me, I don't think every movie needs a sequel. Well, I don't think that's pretentious. I think it's, especially at this point, we're tired. I am so tired of sequels. I am fine where this movie ended. I don't need to see any more of it. I think that happens with every kid's movie. Like, especially when you're a kid and you watch it, you're like, I really liked this. I want more specifically of this i I get it there and i'm just gonna say this was not the type of movie that had plans to be 
I mean, unless it did just crazy fucking good. This movie did not have the plans to be a franchise, to make a sequel. This was pretty artsy. One-off. Yeah, one-off. Like Also, he had it on the back burner for years. If he wanted to write a sequel, he would have done it by now. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I don't know how to say this, but artsy movies don't get sequels. They just don't, and that's okay. Except for Kill Bill, but... You better thank God it was two movies, because it was going to be a five and a half hour movie. Oh, because he doesn't know how to edit himself. Is gotcha. Exactly. Gotcha. I literally watched a TikTok. They were like, you can't cut any of this. They were like, just make it into two movies. He's like, genius idea. Um, I'm not going to get started on that because I don't like that movie. But I love Uma Thurman. Hate that movie. <laughs> every every girl who's had a, a film bro make them sit down and watch that movie. Thank your lucky stars. It's not five and a half hours. It's two separate movies. There's a reason I've never finished The Hateful Eight. It's long. I never get past the guitar part. I fall asleep every time. You get pretty far, though. That's pretty far into it. But I get it. Or wait, no. Oh, I think I've just seen clips of that. I get to the part where they get to the cabin. Oh, you don't make it, <laughs> don't make it far at all. <laughs> I was about to say, like, you make it pretty far in the movie to stop right there. Like, okay. Like, you stop <laughs> when they get to the cabin. So when the movie starts. <laughs> hey, hey, there's stuff before then. Okay. A little. A little. Yeah. But even when Netflix did this thing where they split it into four parts mm -hmm. and like had it episodic instead i actually hated that it's way i still couldn't finish it's it. way more cohesive we can watch it all together it is a long movie and it is one of his more boring it's one of his more slow ones i totally understand that i don't know how we got here i don't know either <laughs> we can continue if you'd like i'm on my last one actually so oh okay i don't know why it's so fucking long jesus I'm christ moron. <laughs> oh my god <laughs> i'm gonna read <laughs> Dude. I don't know why I picked such a long one. It's probably because there's not that many. That's the th that's probably why. Um, I'm gonna go to INDB and pick a different one. That's that's cool. That's cool to me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's long as fuck. I'm sure they have nice things to say, but I don't know God why I picked damn. one that long. I every time I'm like, oh no, we'll, we'll still we'll still want to we'll still be like going after it. Me and my best friend will run out of things to talk about. <laughs> Yeah, the movie Rango, we'll have nothing to talk about. Yeah, we'll, we'll be there in 10 minutes. There's no way. We'll need the content time. No. We're going to be sitting there awkwardly looking at each other because yeah. we don't have anything to say. Three hours <laughs> later. <laughs> How about this one? Nice and short. Okay. 10 out of 10. <laughs> and I didn't just pick this one out of, you know, randomness. You dug through these. I dug through this one. But this is our last one. <laughs> it's 10 out of 10. It's titled A Huge Risk, 2019. I'm not exactly sure sure who this one was made for but i do not care one bit this movie was a huge risk because it isn't the most hilarious movie of all time and it's not really geared towards kids but for me this risk paid off big time rich themes breathtaking animation and character design a great voice acting to go along with it rango is a fantastic film and i would watch it any day of the week and look at that that's that summed it up perfectly summed it up perfectly i do love how they're like it's not it's not hilarious it's not good it doesn't look great i thought that's how they were gonna go <laughs> but it is a movie <laughs> it's it's the worst movie i've ever seen but i love it <laughs> no i mean they said not the most hilarious which yeah i mean yeah it's not the funniest it's good most of the things i'm laughing at are innuendos exactly Exactly. So, after reading all the critic reviews and audience reviews, where do you land on this movie? I can't ignore how much care was put into this movie. So, I think I'm going to go with like an 8 out of 10. 11, 12 years later, I still find 
it funny and enjoyable, 8 out of 10. It's beautiful. It's gorgeous. It's got great dialogue, great story. It's just really great. And the more we, the more you look into it, the more you can research about it, it's really cool in that way. I would also land on an 8 out of 10. Okay. Yeah. But do you have anything else that you want to say? Um, no, I think I've said everything I wanted to say. Okay. So if you have any movie suggestions for us or if you have any feedback, you can message us on our Instagram at Easy Bake Takes. We also have a TikTok at Easy Bake Takes. We have a website where we post our review overviews and our transcripts of our episodes. That's EasyBakeTakesPodcast.com. We also have a Letterboxd account where you can follow us. And don't forget to share us, follow us, leave us a review wherever you listen because it really helps us out a lot. And thank you so much for listening. My name is Kat. And I'm Riley. This has been Easy Bake Takes. Easy watching out there. Bye. Bye.